Hey, Naomi. Hey, Bex. What is a Christmas song sung by Freddie Mercury? I don't know. <laughs> I want to ride my icicle. <laughs> <laughs> Good. That was a good recovery from the the weird sexist one that I still don't want to know. Um, no, I won't tell you. It's fine. It's better that we just leave that. I'm gonna. It's gone. That's the wind of Christmas blowing it out of my mind. Ooh, no more sexist Christmas jokes. <laughs> Welcome, Welcome to Jingle, Jingle Bells. Bells. I'm Bex. And I'm Naomi. And we're here to talk about Christmas movies. Because it's Christmas every day at Jingle Bells. And in fact, it's the second day of our seven days in Christmas. Yay! Yay! Only seven, not 12, because we like sleep. <laughs> Yay! <laughs> Uh, yeah, welcome back to the seven days of Christmas. If you joined us yesterday, you would have heard us talking about Netflix original single All the Way. Um, if you join us again tomorrow, you will hear us talking about my dad's Christmas date, I believe. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm. I, I have no idea. I, I thought you would know. I don't know. I, I like. I, I'm not smart enough to know. <laughs> I know most of the time, but not all of the time. Sometimes I'm like, uh, come back tomorrow for another episode. <laughs> um, no, to make her sound a little bit more competent, today we're going to be talking about uh, Let It Snow, which was released way back in 2019 on November 8th. Um, it is also based on a collaborative book from John Green, Maureen Johnson, and Lauren Miracle. Um, the three main couples were actually all main, uh, all individual stories, and those stories are The Jubilee Express by Maureen Johnson, A Cheertastic Christmas Miracle by John Green, and The, Pat- the Patron Saint of Pigs, which is a really difficult thing to say, by Lauren Miracle. That's not the full title, sorry. I just found it difficult to say. Um, yeah, anyway. <laughs> <laughs> the Patron Saint of Pigs is a really difficult thing to say by Lauren Miracle. Yes! <laughs> oh, God. Oh, this is very telling of how today is going to go for me. Um, yeah, welcome. Hey. I don't really know what else to say right now. Bex, you've, no. you've read this book. I haven't. I have read this book, yeah. So I, I like, uh, I've read books by both Maureen Johnson and John Green in the past. Sorry, Lauren, not not intentional <laughs> leaving you out. Um, but they, they're all YA authors as far as I'm aware. So I read a lot of their books when I was younger, um, particularly John Green, um, though Maureen Johnson has got a really cool series. I think it's the name of the star, maybe. I can't remember. But they're, they're really great if you're looking for like YA novels and um, a lot of them are a bit more interesting or it's mm-hmm. uh, inclusive. Um, obviously, The Fault in Our Stars is like one of the biggest books that came out like in the last sort of 10 years I guess um in terms of YA and that was by John Green so I think that really like helped to skyrocket the Mm -hmm. the fame and the reproduction of John Green books into movies and films uh movies and films those are the same things (laughs) movies and tv shows um so yeah um Uh I have read these books I've got copies of many of John Green's books um I was going to reread it for this episode and then I didn't. So I'm going to go <laughs> off my shaky many years ago memory of reading this book uh, and what 
I have learned and can vaguely remember. So but I remember enjoying it at the time. Mm-hmm. I think I had, I think my favorite was actually the Jubilee Express um, by Maureen Johnson okay. of the three from what I, because that's the mm-hmm. one I remember the most. So I assume that, that one was my favorite. So yeah. yes. Anyway. Yeah, cool. I mean, without further ado, I suppose we do some shinops this time. Yeah. No. Uh, <laughs> Love synopsis tab, and I've never felt this way before. <laughs> Cause I swear <laughs> it's so true that Naomi's gonna read this to you. <laughs> gonna lift you up. That's <laughs> fair every time. Every time. Excellent. Oh. Does it? Does it that really? That should probably be the soundbite for this week. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, um, for synopsis time, a snowstorm hits a small Midwestern town on Christmas Eve, bringing together a group of high school students. They soon find their friendships and love lives colliding, and on Christmas morning, nothing will be the same. Uh, is is this accurate i mean yeah no. kinda i guess in a way but also no but also no um <laughs> in love actually style to be honest this film for like follows several different pairings so we've got a couple of lifelong best friends angie and tobin who fall in love after a really long afternoon with an unnecessary third wheel um i feel like that one's fairly accurate uh two besties dory and addy fall out because addy essentially loses her mind with jealousy dumps a milkshake on her kind of shitty boyfriend and then you know like dory and addy fall out about that then poor dory goes on to have like the worst day ever she's got to deal out with this girl who she spent this amazing vulnerable night with but the girl isn't out so she pretends to be ashamed of dory's advances it's it's a mess um and then we kind of round that out with Julie and Stuart who meet on a train. It turns out Stuart's really, really famous and Julie does not like him because he represents everything that she can't have because her mum is ill and she's conflicted, wants to stay and help instead of going to college. Um, eventually, they all learn the meaning of love, communication, thankfully, and Christmas. <laughs> um, and then they have this lovely party in a Waffle House. And that's kind of the movie, I think. Yeah, I think that's that's a fair synopsis. I mean, it's quite a big book and mm-hmm. obviously, uh, you know, each of the stories isn't enough for a movie on its own, but it is quite a, mm-hmm. a, a, a there's quite a lot of stuff in the book to fit into, you know, a tight 90 minutes. Um so I think they did a pretty good job of doing that. Um mm-hmm. I think we should probably take the Oh no, we need to talk about Christmas activities. Ignore me. I don't know what I'm talking about. <laughs> Yeah, um, you talk about Christmas activities, absolutely. Um, there were loads, like, straight off the bat, this Christmas, this Christmas, oh gosh, this film is filled with snow. Like, it's snow as far as the eye can yeah. see. Like, we're aware it's yeah, Christmas. it's a lot of snow. <laughs> it's a lot of snow. Yeah. I mean, obviously, it's called Let It Snow, so mm-hmm. there's going to be, like, a certain amount of snow anticipated. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, every scene is a lot of snow it's mm-hmm. a lot of people trudging around in the snow we've got mm-hmm. sledding there's do they throw snowballs at each other yes at one point they do yes mm-hmm. um there's people like families doing snowy activities and mm-hmm. you know avoiding trying to avoid snowstorms there's planes cancelled because of the snow yeah. there's 
you know, all of that kind of good festive snow mm-hmm. storm expected stuff. Yeah. Uh, with none of the major consequences of the snowstorm. Yeah, I mean, like, you know, for extra festive cheer, there was a little tiny pig in a Santa hat. That was wonderful. Um, that was really good. That <laughs> might have been my best, my favorite part of the movie. <laughs> the little pig in the Santa hat. Right. Um, there's Christmas nativity. There's model village baking. There's like some foiled Christmas parties before we get to the big main event eventually um you know some people make snowmen there are ugly sweaters abound i'm sure there's hot chocolate in there somewhere there's like christmas pancakes and waffles and yeah it's it's christmas we understand like you know yeah there's no two ways about it i think it's literally set on christmas eve it's like one very eventful christmas eve Mm -hmm. um the film is set in laurel illinois but it's actually shot in toronto canada as well which would explain they needed all that all the snow snow. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, we have a pretty star-studded cast when this came out in 2019 i would have to say that some of these people weren't perhaps the most famous at the time but since this film they've gone on to some great successes so i suppose we kick off with kiernan shipka as angie um she rose to fame as sally draper the daughter of mad men's don draper and since Mm -hmm. then she went on to star in the netflix hit series chilling adventures of sabrina as sabrina um so if you recognize her that's why um mitchell hope is tobin he's not quite as notable i suppose but he has been in the disney descendants series since 2015 as ben the son of beast and bell I haven't seen cool. Descendants, to be honest. I don't know anything but... about Descendants, so go. it makes me laugh. <laughs> <laughs> um, we have John Cusack as the tinfoil lady. She's appeared in so many things, but kind of recently she's been Justice Strauss in a series of Unfortunate Events, a book series that I read as a child, loved. Anyway, mm-hmm. um, she was also Sheila Jackson in the US version of Shameless, and she voices Toy Story's Jessie. She is also Debbie in Adam's Family Values, right? Debbie. Yeah. Um, Debbie. Yeah. Adam's Family Values is my favorite movie of all time. I yeah. watch it way too often. It's great. I quote it to everyone and no one knows what I'm talking about. So if you want to talk about Adam's Family Values, please tweet at me. Um, yeah. I like, felt that that was very notable. Um, Isabella Merced, I'm sorry if that's wrong, is Julie. She actually played Dora in the live action Dora the Explorer film, Dora and the Lost City of Gold. <laughs> What a claim to fame. Right. Um, we have Shemek Moore as Stuart. Moore also voices Miles Morales in Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse. Um, oh, nice. Yeah, very cool. And then we've actually got another Spider-Man alumni, Jacob Batalon as Keon. Um, he plays Ned in Spider-Man. Like, he's in mm-hmm. Homecoming. He's in Far From Home. He was in Avengers. And, Ed, like, yeah. Yeah, he's, he's, he's yeah, part he's of the, the Spider-Man. Pal. He's going to be in everything. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um yeah and then we've got Liv Hewson as Dory uh, she also plays Abby Hamilton in Netflix's Santa Clarita Diet with Drew Barrymore and Timothy Oliphant is that the one where they're cannibals yes yes right it's cool. very good it's very Sweet. very good sounds good spoiler uh, alert for uh, <laughs> Santa Clarita Diet <laughs> it's, it's that's like the basic premise but the actual series oh, okay. is wild so I would recommend okay, watching great. it um sweet I'll add it to my list we <laughs> we also have Odea Rush as Addie. She was in 2017's Ladybird and 2018's Dumplin' um, with Jennifer Aniston. And then 
I loved this moment, and it, it was in Bex's notes, so I know she loved this moment, but Darcy Carden is Stuart's manager. If you don't know who Darcy is, she plays Janet in The Good Place, but she's also been Janet! in other shows such as Broad City <laughs> and Barry as well. So, yeah, yeah, there's a lot of very, like, you know, present actors. Yeah, I would say that they're, they're actors and actresses who you would go, oh, I know them from that. Or, oh, that voice sounds familiar. I think they've been in whatever. And I think yeah. this is probably for... I mean, this is one of the great things about when they adapt YA fiction mm-hmm. into... I mean, they don't always do this. No. But uh, when they adapt YA fiction, they kind of give these younger actors and actresses this kind of opportunity to be in something high budget mm-hmm. and um, but also represent stuff for their age group. So it's yeah. a good, like, foot in the door for younger uh, younger actors. No, absolutely. Yeah, yeah, 100%. I mean, that's the thing. And I think, like, I don't think Netflix actually produce this but netflix itself like do a lot of different things to boost younger actors and to give them more chances and stuff and that's why like you know even though yeah kieran shipka was in mad men and was already you know relatively famous for that giving her the chance and opportunity to go and play sabrina an iconic like teenage character is is fab mm-hmm. like and <laughs> because it's also kind of in the Riverdale franchise it's made by the same people it's nice that they've actually got age appropriate actors <laughs> for one yeah <laughs> shade but accurate shade right um but yeah and then like Liv Hewson's great and everything that she does to be honest I've seen her in a few bits and pieces but she's fantastic in Santa Clarita she's great in this like I think she really suits the character of Dory and also like I don't I don't know. I know that we've spoken a bit about this over the season anyway, um, in a few episodes and stuff, but while it wasn't the nicest uh queer love story, like it still wasn't majorly tragic. It was actually more of a communication error than it was about like outing someone, for example. It wasn't like yeah. you know I mean, we'll talk yeah. we'll talk more about this in our episodes for Single All the Way and Happiest Season about like queer love stories and, and queer representation within holiday movies effectively. Um mm-hmm. but yeah, I think I also think it's different because they're teenagers. Yeah. You know what I mean? And te- when you're a teenager you are still figuring it out and you are and you know, you don't know how to communicate and you mm-hmm. don't know how to work. you're not really sure what's going on. So it kind of makes more sense to me that uh, you know someone who's 16 or yeah. so i don't know how old they're meant to be 16 17 um is like not knowing necessarily what their sexuality mm-hmm. is and not really wanting to you know rock the boat because they live in a small town and it's always been this way and mm-hmm. you know it's a bit different when you go to uni you kind of have that up op- or the college you kind of have that opportunity to reinvent yourself because mm-hmm. often you're around people who you've never been around before whereas when you're at school or college or you know whatever you're around kind of the same people yeah. in the same area that you've always been and so there's like you know if you date some if you're in a small town and you date someone when you're 16 people will still know about it when you're 36 like it's just it's one of those things that just kind of sticks (laughs) around with you more if you're from a sort of smaller community so yeah i kind of see i kind of see that when they're younger Mm -hmm. that it's maybe i I kind of allow it a bit more because i feel Mm -hmm. like also that might be more prevalent. Not to say that people don't come out when they're a lot older. um, And I'm Mm -hmm. sure, you know, everyone's coming out journey is their own and they should take the time and do it when they are comfortable. But Mm -hmm. you should not lie to other people about the status of your, you know, be be comfortable 
being honest with people yeah for sure like uh, if if you're if you're out to some people and not to others then you should let them know that you're not out to other people so they do not out you like that's kind of how it goes courtesy in in many directions in fact because like Mm -hmm. yeah well it's difficult um but you're right like being a teenager is a a very tumultuous period anyway and everybody has (laughs) their own very traumatic journey through adolescence um (laughs) Yeah, <laughs> which we all carry so much fun. forever um but yeah. yeah so i think though that is very much the point of this whole film because they are all teenagers the miscommunication is just uh, astonishing and i think in my like original notes i did have to cut them down significantly i was like you could not pay me to go back to being a teenager to when everything was confusing oh. to like when oh. you didn't know what like you could say and like you're right as well like if you out out yourself or if you come out in a small community like there's a lot of different risks to consider in that as well because like if you come out to your friends you would hope for a better reception right because they're your peers and they're you know supposed to be on somewhat the same level whereas like parents grandparents and stuff like there's obviously like generational opinions and generational Mm -hmm. ideas of what sexuality is and what relationships are and stuff as well so like yeah i totally understand why dory's love interest didn't want to be out necessarily because it is risky and what if her parents rejected her and all of the other what ifs that come on top of that but at the same time like when you spend like whatever the night was that they had when you spend that kind of night together like it's yeah. not fair to then make that person feel like they're in the wrong. Yeah. You know. Because you lied to them. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. I mean, I think maybe we should start, maybe let's start with um the the pig story. What's it called? <laughs> the patron saint of pigs. So it's Dory mm-hmm. um, is fabulous. She has a love interest who is a cheerleader. Another lady. A cheerleader. Um <laughs> And then Addy, who's her best pal, who's got a really shitty boyfriend, mm-hmm. um, basically. Um, and their their sort of relationship is more... Or their storyline, while it does have sort of romantic elements within it, mm-hmm. is more about that kind of platonic love, that yeah. f- uh, that friendship love. I mean, like, I, I in my notes, I was like, female friendships are beautiful and perfect. Like, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? When I was younger, I mm-hmm. pretty much exclusively was friends with boys. Um, yeah. I'm sure that's the case for a lot of girls. I just was like, I don't want the drama. I'm like so different and whatever. And it it wasn't really. I just kind of thought it would be easier to get on with boys Mm -hmm. and because I decided I didn't like girls. Um, Whereas now as a, like an older, an older woman, not an older woman, (laughs) but older than I was as a teenager. uh, Like I'm not 90, but Mm. I'm, I really value the friendships I have with women and I yeah. really respect female uh, female friendships when it's shown, you know, that they have their other interests. Mm-hmm. I mean, I was like, oh, it's nice that they're not just talking about boys. Like yeah. they do talk about pigs and other stuff and their own friendship and they clearly have like mm-hmm. chemistry within their own right and their own stuff that they need to work out and support each other. And it also is accurate because if you're friends, you do fall out. Yeah. That's just how it goes. Especially mm-hmm. if you're a fucking teenager, you're going to fall out with everyone left, right and center. <laughs> Uh, over uh-huh. nothing especially <laughs> over shitty boys it's just kind of how it goes so mm-hmm. um i i really liked their story i thought it was portrayed mm-hmm. really well obviously it's frustrating when you watch people who you know you're literally just like 
talk to each other yeah. have an honest conversation <laughs> not confrontationally but just like sit down with a hot chocolate and be like hey yeah. girl maybe you're putting too much weight on whether mm-hmm. this shitty boy likes you or not like why do you like him mm-hmm. what does he bring to like you know what does he bring to the table in your relationship exactly yeah um, for sure like they needed to have a sit down and i think dory did try to do this when they were in the car um before so they're driving in the car and they're having a wee chat at the start of the film and unbeknownst to Addy, Dory's actually taking her to surprise her with Santa pig. Um, that's what I'm going to call the pig. And yeah. um, then, you know, Addy's in her head. She's worried about this boyfriend. He seems to be talking to other girls, which is what teenagers do. Like, they just do that. To be honest, okay. I would have saved myself a lot of heartache if I'd just been like, people are allowed to talk to other people. It's fine. Calm fuck down. Oh my God. It's okay. The amount of stress. <laughs> The amount of stress I caused myself over, right. over the dog shit people that I dated uh-huh. as a teenager. Like, why did I care? I was like, oh my God, dad isn't replying to my text. Right. I'm like, why? Why mm-hmm. do you look at him now? Like, why do you care? Why did you spend a week, a week in your bed? I'll never love again. It's like, and that's very much okay, it. queen. Like, you, d- you don't know until like, yeah, you get a bit older, you have some perspective and you actually like, dig down into the root of what you want and also then start to respect what other people want and communicate openly about all of these things like yeah eventually you go it's not a big fucking deal like just get over it it's fine but yeah so Addie's having this massive teenage breakdown which is familiar to a lot of women and probably teenage girls who'll watch this film um and eventually like you know, Dory just gets fed up because she wants to show her best friend Santa Pig which is like their childhood dream and instead yeah. she's got to deal with this fucking bullshit not only that but like later on in the film after they've kind of split off and Addie's had her wee tantrum and whatever and Dory's gone to work um Addie storms into the diner where Dory works and then decides to pour a milkshake onto her boyfriend's head um because he's sitting with this girl that she seems to think he's got a thing for which you know he probably does have a thing for because again he's a teenage boy it's okay yeah <laughs> like it's fine yep. You know, everyone's figuring it out at that point. But yeah, so like the, all of this drama is very, very unnecessary, um, you know, but it is accurate to how teenagers fall, o- uh, fall over, <laughs> fall out. Um, yeah. And yeah, like the reconciliation is really nice though, because essentially like Addie comes back and respects the fact that like Dory's had a shitty day and she's like, you are worth so much more than this bullshit. And yeah. like- you deserve people who are going to love you openly and honestly and like you know i love you openly and honestly let's go chill with our little santa pig over here yeah it's great and then at the end the santa pig goes over to a new boy who seems like a lot nicer and we meet as part of a different storyline and Mm -hmm. they end up having like a little flat and that's cute yeah um i will say the other best part of this story well i should say actually not the other best part the best part of the storyline is joan cusack who is the tinfoil (laughs) lady um and they never really explain why she's in tinfoil they kind of leave that up Mm -hmm. for different interpretation and it becomes that thing and i do think this is accurate like when you're in school there's Mm -hmm. all these like weird rumors about about like random people mm-hmm. like they'll be like oh there's that guy who works at the you know who's always at the bus stop at this time and he's a murderer Blech. like whatever <laughs> you know there's like it's probably not that yeah it's probably like a different rumor than that but you know what i mean there's always like 
weird stories that circulate, mm-hmm. like weird traditions that are just within, like our school literally sounded like a crazy castle because we had a gym changing room that was just referred to as the dungeons. This is what it was called. The teachers <laughs> called it the dungeons. The students called it the dungeons. Like it was a changing room. It was just downstairs and a bit cold. Like it wasn't a dungeon. Um, but yeah, so mm-hmm. I think like, you know, that's fairly prevalent. And if there mm-hmm. is someone who's a bit different and a bit eccentric, especially during teenagerhood where you're just so desperate to like, oh my God, look at me, but only in a complimentary way. Otherwise never look at me. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. You know, you do kind of make judgments about people who are happy to be different. Yeah. And who are, you know, don't really care. Like Joan Cusack didn't give a shit. And my favorite part was literally like, she goes, oh, will you give me a lift? And she's like, okay, fine. Mm-hmm. And she gets in the car and then Joan Cusack starts like, ripping at her. Like, what the hell are you don't <laughs> into a car with a stranger what the fuck are you doing and like starts telling her off and i was like yes this is great this is accurate like no one ever does this stuff in these movies and like she's like literally was like you have terrible instincts why are you here what are Mm -hmm. you doing you're not gonna find the answer in your phone and like because she doesn't care and because she's probably used to people making fun of her because she's covered in fucking tinfoil Mm -hmm. she's not gonna give a shit what this little teenager thinks like She's not scared. I'm a bit scared of teenagers, but like, because teenage girls are vicious. Like, <laughs> yeah, I'm a bit scared of teenagers, but like, I shouldn't be because I am a grown adult, but I'm a bit scared of teenagers. Joan Kuzak in this movie is not scared <laughs> of teenagers. She's just like, mm-mm. Well, why wouldn't we be a bit scared of teenagers? They're, they're a little bit scary. Yeah. They can be quite cutting. It's not a very nice time yeah. to be around them. Also, oh, have you been around a teenager recently? They're just always on their phone. Like, they're always on they're their just phone. They're always on their phone. <laughs> like, yeah. I can imagine my what? my nephews are now at the age where the oldest are are like the they're beginning teens like they're oh. thirteen. I'm like oh no. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. See you in five years. Really <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> Let me know when you want to go to gigs. Bye. <laughs> yeah, exactly that. That's the only way to deal with them. Um, Just grumpy. I'm like, yeah. oh, what do you want for Christmas? Money. Yep, no problem. Here you go. Have some money for Christmas. <laughs> Goodbye. You used to want Lego. Now you'd want money. Okay. Yeah. Bye bye. Take the money. Don't look at me. It's fine. Yeah, <laughs> like, it's fine. It's okay. <laughs> Don't judge me. <laughs> yeah. Don't judge my hair. <laughs> but they will. They always do. They will. They yeah. do. Of course they do. I, I like. We've got to a very nice stage in my family where like my youngest brother and sister are now no longer teenagers, so like they can oh, at nice. least so they can look have a drink up from their phone. <laughs> like, oh, it's quite nice. Um, How was school? Fine. Yeah, I kind of know what their faces what did look you do? like now. Stuff. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, like I can't judge them. I did exactly yeah, the same. Like get in from my house, immediately go to my room, only emerge for food and mm-hmm. for biscuits, and then go back to my room. Like yeah spend hours and hours on msn or like on myspace making those shitty quizzes oh that we God. all used to love so much what do you what was your <laughs> we'll move on i think we'll move on to one of the other stories but what was the song you had on your myspace page do you remember oh uh the last i checked it was probably still sweetness by jimmy Eat world but i can't log Ooh. into myspace anymore that's gone no it's dead my, my myspace <laughs> is definitely still up yeah like it's still there it exists within the world because i don't know the password to take it down no me either so i really hope in you know in 15 to 20 years when my children go on the internet they find my mind space and they go what the hell who's tom why does he know everyone like oh tom um yeah anyway i think mine was uh yeah i think mine was a panic at the disco tune i think that was i was basic like that like Mm -hmm. to be fair i I'm still impressed by how much we all learned, like, how to do HTML. <laughs> I've probably all forgotten this 
hours and hours spent doing nothing i think my age in my my myspace page is probably like three years older than i Mm -hmm. i was because i was like i'm mature i'm definitely 18 like age 14 (laughs) so it meant that by the time i got to like 16 my myspace was like 22 i was like Mm. but it's fine by the time i was 16 no one used myspace so it didn't matter no Thank you for coming on that Anybody. journey for our like teenage <laughs> lives, guys. Um, we will pick up a new story. Actually, can we talk about Tobin and Angie? Because Tobin has yeah. one of the wildest moments of the whole film when yeah. he okay, shaves so off his Angie nipple. Are, like, yeah, <laughs> like, so they're they're long term friends. Yeah. It's that like oh they've been friends forever and then they're gonna fall in love mm-hmm. like that's the vibe and we yeah. know that's what's gonna happen and it's just the awkward we just have to watch the awkward journey of them stumbling to make it out yeah like, that's basically what their their storyline <laughs> is i think this is the one that's been written by john green actually uh-huh. it's difficult to, i would say a cheatastic christmas miracle doesn't really like give a lot away no, so not so much no anyway um yeah tobin is wild <laughs> Tobin is wild like he's your typical teenage boy he's got a bit of a pigeon chest he's a bit lanky you know awkward he doesn't he's not used to his limbs yet they grew overnight I don't know yeah what else he do you say about teenage boys center of gravity is all fucked up yeah. like <laughs> he doesn't know um anyway so he's like starting to dig his friend Angie you know teenage boys things are things are a stirring yay hormones um <laughs> fun times so anyway yeah tobin's having a bit of a freak out he's worried about this one nipple hair that he has because for some reason in one day he expects that he's going to be shirtless in front of hanchi who knows why um but anyway so he goes to shave off <laughs> the hair and angie walks in scares him and he slices his nipple open Ooh. Ow, ow, ow. Even thinking of that just like <laughs> makes me cringe. But like we can all we've all been there as teenagers. You're like not supposed to pluck things sometimes, you're not supposed to shave things sometimes, you're definitely not supposed to put hair removal on things sometimes. Um <laughs> But you do. But you do. Um do, do, do. learn the hard way. So that's what Tobin's done. I mean, I think it like just before he shaves off his nipple he's like trying to do some push-ups to make himself a little bit buffer and you're like dude i'm sorry but that's not how it works the five minutes you do yeah. push-ups are not gonna change your physique like yeah not overnight no. like <laughs> you gotta yeah, i don't know maybe he went to sleep one day and then he woke up six foot so maybe he thinks oh, i'll do five push-ups i'll wake up with muscles that's, that's how bodies work right that's what you do yeah um but the, yeah there are stories yeah, typical teenage miscommunication, typical teenage, like, yeah, your interests are everywhere. Like, there's a day where you think that you're interested in somebody, and then the next day you're kind of like, no, they're a bit shitty. But then somehow yeah. you feel obliged to still talk to them anyway, and you're like, maybe not. But then eventually you grow up yeah. and get a spine, and you're like, no, sorry, bye. No, I'm not interested <laughs> in you, bye, yeah. Um, so yeah, all of this is happening. Tobin and Angie are supposed to be hanging out for this day, I believe, anyway. But Angie yeah. has asked to meet up with an older boy who had gone to school JP. with them. JP. JP, right. Um, I think that's his name. So she's asked to go to this party that he's at because she's kind of interested and they've been talking. This is the thing where like the age stuff does come into it for me. Is I'm not sure yeah. if they are 16 or if like they're all supposed to be graduating high school and they're 18. I think they're meant to be graduating because yeah. um, one of them, what's her name? 
I can't remember her character's name. Oh, Julie. Off the top of my head. Yeah. Julie. Yeah, Julie has a, a, a invitation to college. Mm-hmm. So thus they must be at least going to college yeah. age. Um, I mean, we also can't judge them for being there drinking at age 17 because I'm fairly sure both me and you were drinking from oh earlier than that. <laughs> yeah, so it wasn't the drinking part that was the uh, thingy in me. It was the guy oh, that was the in college dating. as the age difference that was, yeah. was kind of what I was thinking because like if she'd been 16 and been dating someone in college like yeah that would have been really dodgy but where she's like 18 and graduating it's a little bit different i think i don't know what the average age is of our audience members but this is a (laughs) psa um to us if you are a 16 year old girl and a guy who is over the age of 18 is talking to you Mm -hmm. and wants to date you you are not really mature for your age you may be also really mature for your age but the main Mm -hmm. reason a 19 20 year old will be dating a 16 year old is because they cannot date 18 or 19 year old Mm -hmm. girls because of whatever reason also it's really gross Mm -hmm. and you should date people your own age that you're comfortable with thank you there's the end of the psa and i can Mm -hmm. say that because i dated plenty of guys who are way too old for me Mm -hmm. and i learned that the hard way yes yes and you know people learn they make mistakes and mistakes are opportunities to learn but if you can avoid dating older people who are definitely not you know going to be aligned with your own ideals your own wants needs and desires at that age like just, I know just it's very no. cool that he has a car, but like, <laughs> yeah, just if he no. has a car and no job at age nineteen, his he maybe isn't. You know what, girl, you can do better. Yeah, you yeah. can do better, <laughs> and that's not on you. It's on him. Mm-hmm. It's definitely on him to not date teenagers. Yeah. But like, I'm I'm telling you this notice because he doesn't listen to this podcast anyway. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, um, yeah so also within tobin and uh is it the duke that's her other name yes her name is the duke yeah the duke Mm -hmm. um within their storyline is uh the overarching of the christmas party which Mm -hmm. isn't really a relevant it's not like it doesn't have its own book you know i mean it's not their romance but there is um a christmas party that's going on and is it cohen corin corin yeah. Kian, yeah. fuck, Kian. I was pretty close. Uh, Kian is due to have a Christmas party. His parents are going to go away, Woo-hoo. and then they surprise come back and discover that there is going to be a Christmas party at the house, and they are really mad. Mm-hmm. And I can tell you this much: parents do get mad when they find out you have thrown a house party at <laughs> the house. They do get upset. You do get grounded, especially if a fly swat somehow ends up on the roof and no one can get it down forever. And it's a constant reminder that that's there. Row, row. Anyway, row, row. <laughs> I've heard allegedly. You've heard allegedly. Yeah, that's fair. Yep. Yeah. I mean, I would, I would definitely recommend um, not throwing ragers without your parents' knowledge. Or if you do throw ragers yeah. without your parents' knowledge, make sure you clean very, very, very thoroughly. Mm-hmm. Um, and also make sure all your friends are out of the house. <laughs> Check those back. cupboards, people. Check those cupboards. Yeah. Um, um, but but yeah, yeah. So they decide they're gonna now have a party at the Waffle House mm-hmm. or Awful House or Awful House. Um, the kind of it seems to be like the cafe where all the teenagers hang out. Yeah. Like there's no adults in there that I can see. Everyone who works there is a high schooler, mm-hmm. um, and everyone who goes in there is a high schooler. Yeah. So it's kind of like okay. Um, but yeah. So the other story is obviously them having a party, and that's mm-hmm. the climax. Is where everyone gets together and resolves all of their issues. Is at this lovely party, and actually it looked quite fun. I would like mm-hmm. to go to that party. Thank you. 
it did look really fun. It looked really, really cool. I was like, oh, it's a shame that they're, you know, just drinking light beer probably, but hey, <laughs> I know, whatever. Um, yeah, it's, we've kind of gone in a few different circles, but very much like our Love Actually episode from season one, like, there's a lot of different stories to follow anyway, um, a lot of different emotions to hit at and stuff, which I think brings us quite nicely to Julian Stewart, which will be the, mm-hmm. the final, the third and final storyline that we'll talk about anyway. Um you know, Julie and Stuart's story starts on the train. Um, they bump into each other. I believe that Julie does recognize him pretty instantly because he is a big famous star. Um, yeah. And then, you know, the train is stranded because of all the snow. Um, yeah. So they get off the train and they go to the Waffle House or they walk to Julie's house. I can't quite remember. They go, they walk to the, they go to the Waffle House. They go first. to the Waffle House. Have some yeah. nice Christmassy waffles. Um think Stuart gets recognized maybe he does yeah. by the cheerleaders, by the cheerleaders. But, uh, yeah yeah um and then they make a, a beeline for julie's house i believe at that point also like Stuart has started to somewhat endear himself to julie uh despite yeah, the fact that she he, still hates clearly, him a little bit <laughs> yeah so i mean he doesn't start himself off well because like she notices that he drops his phone and goes to give him back his phone. And he's like, oh, no, no, I don't want to do any pictures right now. I'm trying to keep a low profile. And she's like, I wasn't asking for a fucking picture. Here's your phone. Yeah. And it's like immediately, oh, mm-hmm. I'm the dickhead. And I think after that, he's like a bit, one, obviously, it's probably, yeah. it's the, oh, I was going to make a reference that you won't understand because it's Harry Potter. It's fine. <laughs> um, it- <laughs> I think that's probably I don't know whether it's a standard thing or not Mm -hmm. but it's that kind of thing where it's like if he is used to girls throwing him throwing themselves at him then it probably is quite refreshing to meet a normal girl who treats you like a human being yeah probably Um, Mm -hmm. so but yeah they have um, Julie is probably my favourite character in Mm -hmm. the whole of the the movies I feel like she is the most kind of genuine Mm -hmm. Um, she has her mom is sick and she feels there is a she feels a uh, responsibility to stay at home and look after her mom even though she's been offered a scholarship to columbia Mm -hmm. uh in new york and without she doesn't consult her mom about it she just makes the decision that she can't go to columbia yeah um and i while you know some of this is obviously frustrating and we've been joking because it's it's one thing to have a conversation with another teenager mm-hmm. um and for it to be such a big deal obviously it's easy for adults to be like Ugh, it's you know you should just be able to communicate <laughs> uh-huh. I, I do feel like the conversations to be had between like a, a child and a parent are intrinsically very different like oh, having yeah. that first grown-up conversation with a parent mm-hmm. where you know you discuss something that is a big deal and is serious Mm -hmm. um in that way is a big moment for a lot of kids because it's like oh it's one you remember that your parent is also a human being with flaws and wants and desires of their own and they're not just there to be a devoid of fun money dispenser um and i think that's a big moment (laughs) but also it is very Mm -hmm. difficult to have that conversation because there is an intrinsic power structure because they Mm -hmm. are your parent so it's um i think they did a good job of displaying that and Mm -hmm. and um representing that kind of well where it is a case of like you know sometimes you are going to feel a moral responsibility mm-hmm. and you might have responsibilities that other people don't understand mm-hmm. but actually you really need to be very communicative about what 
yeah. you know don't just assume that you're required to do this because they might also want you to do things and there is a, a point of living your own life you can't live mm-hmm. vicar- you know your parents are not going to live vicariously through you you have yeah. your own decisions to make your own life to lead and it's important to focus on what you want girl yeah absolutely like it is difficult to voice that especially to parents and you know grandparents by extension and just any family member that is a generation or so above you because like again adults have a different amount of experience and perspective and they're trying to impart that to you but you want to go your own way you want to make your own decisions at at 18 you feel invincible you feel like you know everything you feel like you know yourself but the truth is you're only just starting to know who you are you're only just starting to form your own opinions of the world you're only just starting to like make that journey and and gain that perspective and it is hard to see and it's it's hard to to deal with all of those emotions and you're right like julie's storyline is the most grounded in reality like she does have a really nice relationship with her mum and her grandpa because that's that is another layer as well it's not just the one generation that she feels like she's got to take care of she's got she wants to take care of both her grandpa and her mum, and she worries Mm -hmm. what will happen if she goes away and i think that is it's not just that she thinks that Stuart is arrogant it it very much becomes clear that Stuart's life represents everything that she wants because he can go Mm -hmm. anywhere at any time he doesn't appear to have any responsibility obviously that's not true Stuart has his own story and his own responsibilities and his own experiences Mm -hmm. which we do come to find out um and in fact like Julie and Stuart actually have the best communication out of all of the couples that we follow in this film. Yeah. Like, you know, they're quite honest, they're quite open, and they're quite vulnerable, but I feel like what holds everybody else's communication back is kind of how much they love each other and they don't want to lose that, whereas Stuart and Julie's connection, there's not that much risk in it because they've just met on a train. Like, yeah, they don't Mm -hmm. need to worry about offending each other in the same way. Like, they can just go, this is my experience, this is who I am, and, you know, you don't understand kind of thing, and there's nothing to lose. Like, there's not the same kind of fallout that there would be for Dory and Addy or for um, Angie and Tobin as well. Like, Mm -hmm. you know. Yeah. Oh, well, I mean, I I would still say recommend watching it. This is on (laughs) Netflix. Um, I always mean to do this at the beginning and forget. Um, (laughs) But yeah, so this is on Netflix. Um, Read the book if you are interested in, in learning more about the story and the characters. There's a lot more. There's a lot of stuff they missed out. I don't think it's anything too consequential, but mm-hmm. if you want to you know it's it's a good read uh and it's it's quite festive and it seems appropriate and you know i think they do a good job of Mm -hmm. what they say the book is which is three wintry love stories yeah for sure it is nice like it's it's quite heartwarming it all comes together in the end it's it's very similar to the likes of love actually um Mm -hmm. you know you got the threads it all works out in the end what more could we want yeah, and it does feel like a small town because they do all know each other in different mm-hmm. ways. So it's that kind of vibe. So yeah. yeah. Oh. Nice and crispy. I would, <laughs> yeah, I would give this three Vanessa Hudgens out of five, I think. I think that's my overall ranking. Yeah, I, was, I think yeah. that's fair. Like, there's no Vanessa Hudgens, so they, they lose yeah, a point. There's never going to be a five out of yeah. five. Um, and... Yeah. It wasn't the most festive fun. Like, mm-hmm. you know, we like a silly, we like a bit of humor mm-hmm. 
mm-hmm. in our on our romantic comedies and it wasn't humorless like it wasn't awful um but you know by the fact that we spent most of our review talking about being teenagers <laughs> and the perils yeah. that 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 um it always is always brings it down a little bit so, yeah, yeah i think this is a mm-hmm. a three out of five for me yeah there were there weren't a lot of christmas activities like there was festive elements and whatever but no hot chocolate scenes no like Mm-mm. weird cutesy snowball fights there were like there was an animal to endear people to us but you know it's not the same as a prince riding up on a horse i guess um yeah <laughs> but no, three three vanessa hudgens out of five i think is is fair um yeah. I, I i had a, a weekender at my notes and yes you can join us tomorrow for my dad's christmas day <laughs> yeah <laughs> um and yeah so yes join us tomorrow for my dad's christmas day mm-hmm. it's it's a movie we'll yeah, talk about it we, we'll get into it it's like <laughs> you know if you want to prepare yourself mentally for my dad's christmas day you can always go and listen to our christmas on the square episode um it's the same kind of vibe i think yes yeah, the same vibe yeah 100 the same vibe <laughs> yeah we'll be back tomorrow thank you so much everybody happy christmas santa i've been good this year Thank you for listening to Jingle Bells. If you enjoy the show, please support us on Coffee for as little as £1 per month. All donations go straight back into producing Jingle Bells and creating the content that we love to share with you. Find us online at coffee.com slash jinglebellspod or listen along on Apple Podcasts, Spotify or with your preferred provider. I just